0: What's going on, James? Happy New Year. Thanks. Same to you, too. So let's get started and welcome to another episode of the Dodgers, Lakers, Patriots, and Rams podcast. I'm your host, Loro Antonio. We have a lot to talk about today. So um, first off, we're going to start off with the Dodgers. And then we're also going to talk about what the Lakers are up to this today against the Knicks. And then talk about the NFL playoffs and also talk about, what's going on, and talk about the uh, talk about the upcoming playoff games, which will start tomorrow. So let's start off with the Dodgers and talk about who signs first. Is Do you think it's going to be Bryce Harper or Manny Machado?
1: Uh, actually, originally I did think that Machado was going to be the first one to sign just because he already had his meetings with the Phillies, Yankees, and White Sox. And then I know Harper, like he just recently met with Philly, he met with Washington the other day. Uh, I've actually changed my mind. I think Harper actually is now going to sign first. I think, um, I don't know, because I've been hearing things saying that like Machado, like they're still waiting for whatever reason, they're still thinking about offers and stuff like that. I know uh, the White Sox gave an offer. I haven't seen what it actually was, but I guess they said that it wasn't the term like that he was looking for. So um, I've changed. But I mean, I still think. Uh, I think uh, now that the Nationals are kind of like more interested in Harper, and I think Harper maybe now he might go back to Washington, but. I still think that Machado's probably going to go with the Yankees, but uh, I have changed my mind on the timing, so I, I do think Harper is probably going to sign first now.
0: I think Machado's going to sign first because I think Manny Machado's going to sign with the White Sox. But I also think Harper will join the White Sox too. If not the White Sox, then he returns to the Nationals because I think the Nationals can be creative and trade Adam Eaton.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I think uh... – like he's already played with the Nationals too, so I think like he has some loyalty towards them too. And I know that their original offer to Harper was ten years and three hundred million, which he obviously denied. And I guess like they actually make offering him more money now. So I know, um, I know, I know specifically with the Dodgers, they weren't offering him. Or I don't think they were. They were offering him like the term that he wanted. I think it was like different. But um, yeah, I think, uh, I can see him going back to the Nationals. Honestly, I
0: think. I could see that, too. Him going back to the Nationals is a possibility, too. But here's what I want to know. Do you think the Dodgers will sign a free agent catcher and go with Martin Maldonado or go in-house with an open competition? That's the question that the Dodgers need to to uh, figure out. But I'm not ready to say who the Dodgers starting catcher is at the moment. I have to wait until when, before spring training begins, like sometime in February, then I'll have a clear identity. Who would that be?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking, too. I think they'll have a better idea come spring training. But uh, to answer your question, I think they should probably go sign a catcher somewhere in free agency. I don't think they're probably going to trade for Real Musho anymore. I feel, I feel like that's kind of died down a little bit. But I think um, now that lucroy has gone to the Angels, because I know that Grindal was like looking at the Angels, too. I think that kind of increases the chances of Grindal maybe coming back. But I still think the most realistic option for them is probably getting Maldonado. Uh, I think he's probably the safest bet right now. I think 'cause I think uh if they body just go at out- Barnes scale and then this- Kyber Ruiz does and Will Smith too, I think uh I don't- I'd rather just not do that. I think like they I'd rather just sign a free agent and just see how it goes, and just go on from there.
0: I'm just not ready to name who a it- a starting catcher for the Dodgers is, but um what I could what I think it should happen is an open competition. But what I heard today is that keep Ruiz is now named the new number one catcher in the Dodgers farm system. And I think Alex Verdugo is going to start in right field, which I expect to happen, but I think an open competition will likely happen for the Dodgers at catcher if they fail to sign a free agent. I think Kiva Ruiz will be a guy that I think is going to enter his name and in the competition. And I think, By spring training, I think Kiber Ruiz will be ahead of uh, Will Smith on when he'll debut. But people think he'll debut in 2020 or September call-ups, but I think Kiber Ruiz's debut could come in the beginning part of the year, like on opening day, which I'm open to that possibility.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. I I do agree with you, actually. I think he uh, he will make his debut before Will Smith. Um, But, yeah, I'm thinking – I, th- I actually do th- – I think he will eventually make – I don't think he's going to start the year with the Dodgers, but I actually do think he'll – I will see with the September call-ups. I think that's a good possibility. Unless they, like, do end up getting some, like, big-name catcher, but I don't think that's going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, he's obviously going to be their catcher for the future, so hopefully he can
0: be up here sooner than later. I think Ruiz will be up sooner rather than later, and I think Will Smith will should debut at some point during 2019. Maybe I'd say mid-2019 for Will Smith's debut. Or September yeah, I potentially... That's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the timeline for when Will Smith will debut, but I think Kiber Ruiz will debut first.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I mean, they do have a nice future ahead with catching, so that's pretty nice.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, so I'm not ready to say who the Dodgers starting catcher is, but I'm not ruling out the possibility of Kieber Ruiz's debut coming earlier than later.
1: Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I'm thinking, too. Hope, I'm hoping he can get here as soon as Paul. I mean, I'd love to have him, like, ready for opening day, but I just think, like, he has had – I think maybe just want to, like, maybe play it safe to see what he does in the minors a little bit first before they He has double-A
0: experience, up. but I think I'm not ruling out the possibility of Kieber Ruiz making it from, from double-A to the big leagues because there are some players that have made that leap from single-A to the bigs.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't rule it out either. I think it could happen. I think uh like Juan soto, I could be right. I think he did out with the Nationals last year, and even like Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's another example of like a prospect who like he probably could have skipped triple A to be completely honest. Like it definitely is a possibility. Um I is it actually gonna happen? I don't know, but like I wouldn't rule that out. I'm
0: not ruling out Kiberui skipping triple A to make it to the bigs and being in contention for rookie of the year, but it happens in the in this for the Dodgers to see what moves they make and then um, we'll see where they are by February. So right now, it's just a wait-and-see approach. So right now, as of right now, I'm not ready to name who the starting catcher for the Dodgers will be.
1: Yeah, I'm not either. I mean, I guess if it was, like, at this minute, I'd probably pick Barnes, but, yeah, I don't think it's too early. If I had
0: to choose already, it would be Keeper Ruiz for me. Oh, yeah. So um, talk about – the outlining of the everyday player for the Dodgers. So what I what I can guarantee you is that I believe our everyday players will be uh, Verdugo, Bellinger, Turner, Seager, uh, Kike, and Muncie, and then catcher still unsolvable. In left field, I could see a split platoon between Jock and Chris Taylor, or I could see Chris Taylor just being the everyday left fielder.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking too. I think, um, I actually, I think, I, I think, at least for me, I think it's probably more likely that they'll put Taylor at second base, and then, um, when Kike plays, they'll put him at second. Then they'll, yeah, like we said, platoon Taylor and Peterson left. But yeah, I think it's that's pretty much what's probably going to happen.
0: What what I'm thinking for me is, i I might change my mind when I like on my daughter's Facebook page. I might change my mind on who I think is going to start in left field. But I, I'm kind of thinking about that because. I expect Kike to be in the lineup every day at second base, and I want Chris Taylor to be in there every day along with Jock, but that's a little bit tough. But I have center field and right field already locked up with Bellinger and Verdugo.
1: Yeah, same here. I think both they're guys, I think they're probably going to put Muncie up first. So that, and, they, and I know they really already said they want Bellinger and Muncie both in the lineups the majority of the time. So. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, they'll probably put Bellinger in center Muncie at first, and then I agree with you also with Verdue. He's good. Now that, like, Puig and Kempberg, I think like it's pretty much guaranteed he's going to be starting.
0: Yeah, and in, in left field, I'm kind of thinking about a platoon with Jock and Chris Taylor, but I kind of want an everyday lineup now. So, like, when I do my spring training edition of the Dodgers 25-man roster and the lineup, then I, w- I want to consider putting – uh, I want to put Chris Taylor in left field. So that Jock could get starts every like now and then against He says Jock can't hit lefties well. And Chris Taylor can hit lefties well. So I wanna I, I would want to see Chris Taylor in the lineup every day in left field.
1: Yeah, same here. That's same with me. I was because I mostly like they could just leave my second base, but I don't know, it's hard to tell just because like I also want Kike starting too. So like I don't know, it's kind of difficult to
0: pick one. It's a difficult pick, but I'm also leaning the possibility of just Putting Chris Taylor at second and putting Kike in left.
1: Yeah, yeah, that could
0: actually, yeah, that could happen too. Because I, I like Kike's I range that. in the outfield, so that's kind of like my point of the Dodgers' spring training edition. So I won't put that on Facebook until like the beginning of February. Okay, so um, we'll get to that in just a moment. But right now, I'm considering options, but. I would like to put Kike in left. I would like – I want to see Kike start every day, but put Chris Taylor in at the same time. So, I I would want to put Chris Taylor at second and put Kike in left if I had to choose now.
1: Oh, yeah. I see that, too. I think – actually, for me, I think I'd maybe lean a little bit more towards Peterson left and then put Taylor at second. But I think it it depends on, I think, how uh, early on the season how Kike and jock both play because i mean obviously whoever's doing better that's what i'd prefer to have starting so
0: well what was that what were you saying again
1: i oh, sorry i was saying that uh i think that i'd probably lean more towards peterson and left than kike but i I would wait i wouldn't like put make that like sense stone i think that i'd wait and see how they play in the beginning of the year and then whoever is uh doing better out of Kike and jock i'd give uh whichever one's doing better the starting position
0: yeah left field's kind of kind of like it would be an open competition but i'm kind of leaning towards either chris taylor starting in the left field or putting kike in the left field because i think both those guys are everyday players but jock is a platoon player but there could be some platoons but i i don't see it being a platoon that much because i want an everyday lineup for the dodgers on a consistent basis
1: yeah i like to see that too but, and i mean so like, to be honest they can't really like go wrong with either option I think they'll be fine either way
0: yeah, so now we can predict the opening day lineup for the Dodgers and what I'm leaning towards. So I have – I kind of changed my mind on certain things because I want an everyday lineup and a consistent lineup, and I want a couple of right-handed bats in the lineup. So I have Chris Taylor leading off and playing second base, and then Corey Seager at short batting second, and then Justin Turner hitting third and playing third base, and then Max Muncy hitting fourth and playing first base. Kike Hernandez hitting fifth and playing left field and then hitting sixth and in center field, Cody Bellinger. And then um, I have batting seventh and playing catcher, Kvert Ruiz, and batting eighth in right field, Alex Verdugo. Uh,
1: and, uh, for me, I think uh, mine's pretty much the same as last time. I got, I got Peterson in left field, Seeger at short. Turner at third base, Bellinger in center field, Montsé at first base, Taylor at second, Verdugo and right, and then Barnes, catching.
0: Yeah, but I have my early outline of it. I had Jock Peterson leading off, just because of of, of assuming the Dodgers face Zach Granke. But I mean, it could go either way. But I'm kind of leaning towards changing my mind with it when February comes on what I think the opening day lineup should look like. So, so that the lineup, the lineup. For the Dodgers, is balanced with with couple of right handed bats and not go all lefties, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, that makes sense. And like if this for my love, if Peterson isn't leading off, like Taylor would be my next pick to lead off too. Yeah, for
0: sure. So, but I have a platoon lineup because I have Chris Taylor leading off against lefties, and I have Jock Peterson leading off against righties. Oh,
1: right, yeah, that makes sense. I like that.
0: So that's what I have right now. So um, let's talk about now. Now that we have a little understanding of the opening day lineup, I have in mind is Kieber Ruiz. It's starting to catch it, but that's not confirmed yet until February. So I want to see how January plays off of the Dodgers offense this offseason and what they do with their roster. But I want to talk about three teams that could surprise us in 2019 and three teams that could disappoint. So three teams that I think is going to be on the rise this year are the Tampa Bay Rays, the Chicago White Sox and the San Diego Padres. Even though the San Diego Padres are a team that's going to be on the rise, but they're not ready to compete yet for the NL West.
1: All right. I like those. Um, I didn't put them in my list, but I actually, I do agree with you with the Padres. I think like that like they're a very young team. I think that they have a lot of upside too. So like, I, I can see them like uh, playing a little bit better this year.
0: And who are your other two teams that you think they're going to be on the rise this year? That are going to surprise you this year?
1: Uh, I actually, I'm oh, sorry. I didn't actually have the Padres in my list, but for me, I had the nationals, the twins and the angels. I picked, uh, the nationals just cause I think, I mean, um, we'll wait and see what happens with Harper, obviously, but even if they don't get him, I think that cause they still, I think they, I really like the rotation with, uh, Strasburg, Scherzer, uh, then now we got Corbin. Um, I know that like they've obviously lost a lot of players, but I think that they'd still be decent. Like I, I wouldn't rule them out. Maybe making a wild card run, uh, then I picked the Twins just because I think that in the AL Central after the Indians, I think that they're the next best team. And they did make a... Uh, they didn't play in the wild card game uh, like the other year. So I can see them maybe coming back. I mean, they signed... Uh, it was Nils- Yeah, Nelson Cruz they got. Uh, they still have a lot of the same players from that team. So I could see them maybe coming back to that. and then I took the Angels. I think uh, they're another team that... Assuming like Trout and all those guys play well, um, I think they actually... Were- Team that's like better than kind of like what their records said in the past, so I, I could see them maybe getting to a Coast spot too.
0: Oh, definitely! But now let's address this. Um, I want to know like the, th- the three teams that I think will disappoint this year first of all, will be the Miami Marlins, and then the other will be uh the Baltimore Orioles, and the other the Seattle Mariners. But when we do the all 30 MLB preview. We'll discuss the top five teams that you and I look forward to watching in 2019.
1: Okay, and then for me, I had the three teams that I disappoint. I picked, uh, I picked the A's, the Marlins, and then the Diamondbacks for me.
0: That do you think that will disappoint you in 2019? Yeah, because I'm just thinking that I
1: I don't want to say the A's overachieve, but I think that like with their roster. Like there aren't really too too many players. I mean, they don't have like Chris Davis and Matt Olson. But I just think like so many players played so well that I don't know if they'll be able to repeat that again. I'm hoping they do, just because like these are a team like I mean, they're not one of my favorite teams, but like their team like I like to see succeed. Just like with the way their front office handles everything, like the way they scout their players, I think like it's really interesting actually. But I don't know if they'll be able to repeat that again. And then like you said with the Marlins, like besides they don't really have too too many great players on that team and. I think the NL West is going to be one of the toughest divisions this upcoming year. So I don't really, I think like they're pretty much locked for that last spot. And then I picked the Diamondbacks just because I think that they've lost a lot of players. Uh, like they've Goldschmidt. I don't think Pollock's going to come back. Um, like pitching, like I do I do still think they're decent pitching. But I don't know. Because like, I, I like Granke. I think Tywin Walker's good too. But I know he was injured last year. So I don't know how he'll be playing this year. But I don't know. He'll be interesting with those teams.
0: Oh yeah, um, but I I think um, I think with the Marlins, the reason why I think they'll disappoint is because they asking price for Real Muto's too much, and I think the Dodgers are expected to be off the Real Mutos sweepstakes.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I, I thought the Marlins were asking for way too much, and like if like the Dodgers really wanted Real Mutual, I was looking at like Grandal. I mean, not defensively, but offensively, Grandal actually has like fairly similar statistics to Real Mutual. So it was like, they could just, if they really wanted Real Mutual, they could just get Grimdahl, honestly. But, yeah, like, I think, uh, like, I think the Mons are asking, like, for Bellinger and, like, players like that. Like, I, I wouldn't make that trade at all.
0: I'm not going to make that trade either, but I want to take, get your take is, do you think the Dodgers recent trade with the rest sets up for future contract extensions for Kershaw, Jackson Seeger, Bellinger, Verdugo, Hernandez, Turner, Bueller, and Urias?
1: Yeah, I think it does. I think that – I think guys like Seeger, Bellinger, just because they're so young, they're going to have to lock them up. I think uh, they're both two of the best players at their positions, especially with their age, too. Uh, I know, like, Kershaw, Jansen, they're a little bit older, but I think regardless, they'd still want to lock them up. Uh, Turner's the only one I'd kind of, like, wait and see, just because I think he's – the other players we listed, he's the oldest. Um, I don't know what I, – I think he will still be, like, good by the time he's up for free agency but I would like to see them keep him but I don't know like with his age getting up there I don't know if his play is going to like start to go down a little bit hopefully not but
0: I expect Turner's play to still continue where it is right now because he's still a productive third baseman and he's a very he's a very clutch hitter
1: no, yeah, I definitely agree I'd say that along with Seager I think like he's probably the most consistent most reliable hitter like he had, especially like the playoffs lately he's been like probably the best hitter in my opinion
0: Oh, for sure. But now let's move on to some basketball. So, you think the Lakers and Celtics will play in the NBA Finals in June of 2019? Uh, I actually don't. I'm predicting
1: the Warriors and the Raptors, to be honest. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like rule out the Lakers and Celtics. I think that this. I think it's more likely the Celtics make the finals than the Lakers. But like that would be a cool finals matchup, just because obviously the Celtics and Lakers rivalry, but also be. LeBron going up against Kyrie, which would be pretty cool to see. But I think uh, – I don't know. I just think the Lakers, like at the Warriors, not even like now include the Rockets back in that conversation. I think those are going to be like the two toughest teams left to beat. And seeing like how they've fallen down the standings a little bit lately, I think their their first round matchup could even be against one of those teams now, which would only make the road harder. So, I, mean, I, I wouldn't rule out the possibility, but I just – I oh, don't know. I think maybe, like, next year, the year after that, I think they would even more likely that they meet.
0: And then I think those Celtics could land Anthony Davis until free agency. But I, I think that could happen. But um, let's keep moving forward here and just talk about the Lakers game against the Senators. We'll recap that and then preview that game against the New York Knicks. But I also think the Lakers just still are lost without LeBron.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Actually, because LeBron, I mean, he's obviously their best player, but he just kind of runs the offense for them. And without them, they've kind of looked like the same team they were last year. Um, I don't know because it's like it's like every game. I feel like since LeBron's been out, it's been like someone else is kind of taking the charge. And like I don't know, it's been like just kind of weird watching them. Like they like like for example, like the game against the Thunder, Caldwell Pope was their leading scorer. Like I wasn't really expecting that at all, but I know um. I don't know if Kuzma's coming back. I know he got hurt
0: in that game. He's He's questionable to play today against the Knicks. We'll talk about that in just a sec.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if he'd be back or not. But, yeah, I think, I don't know. Even guys like Lonzo Ball in that game, like, you didn't really see too much from them. I I think, um, I mean, like, the Thunder are a really nice team. Like, I wasn't, like, expecting the Lakers to win that game. I could have seen that going either way. Whereas, like, say with the Knicks, they're not really that great of a team. I think, like, they'll probably have more confidence. I think they'll be better off tonight.
0: Oh, for sure. And also, um, let's also talk Let's also talk about um, the all-star captains for the NBA all-star teams. I predict it's going to be James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Hey,
1: um, for me, I picked uh, – I think Giannis is going to be it. And then I also picked LeBron. That's who I have
0: for my two. And then now let's move on to some football. Talk about the Rams and Patriots combined. Let's start with the concerns for the Patriots and Rams both heading into the playoffs. And I think for the Patriots, their defense just concerns me. And for the Rams, I just think, I don't know how much pressure they're going to put on Todd Gurley. They've been great on the defensive side of the ball and getting to the quarterback. But I think their secondary just concerns me.
1: Yeah, those are actually the exact same things with me that concern me. I think like with the Patriots specifically. Um, I'm not, I, like another I offense hasn't been like I mean they just put up uh, like over 30 against the Jets, but like as long as Tom Brady and Gronk are there, like I really not really worried at all about their offense. I think they'll be fine. But it's more so their defense, just because like they're also now gonna be playing with much better offenses, and that's what worries me the most. Because like I don't know if it's gonna be like the regular season game really against the Chiefs, like I don't know if it's gonna be a high scoring game like that. Like that be what worries me the most. I think.
0: Um, and then let's. Predict the potential Rams opponent in the divisional round of the playoffs. I predict they'll play the Cowboys, and then I predict the Patriots will play the Houston Texans in the, in the divisional round of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I picked. Uh, I, I also got the Texans going up against the Patriots. That I actually got the Saints uh, upsetting the. Oh, sorry. What was the the, the um? was the, uh, the Eagle, Eagles Eagle. upsetting
0: the Bears. Sorry. Yeah, and then let's now predict the playoff bracket. So, for my wild card picks, for the NFC, I have Eagles over Bears and the Cowboys over the Seahawks. And for the AFC side, the Ravens over the Chargers and the Texans over the Colts.
1: All right. Mine are are pretty similar, actually. I got the Texans over the Colts. I got the Chargers over the Ravens. I got the Seahawks over the Cowboys and then the Eagles over the Bears.
0: And then now for the divisional round, I have the Patriots over the Texans and the Ra- and the Ravens over the Chiefs in the AFC side. And on the NFC side, I have the Rams over the Cowboys and the Saints over the Eagles.
1: Okay. Uh, for me on AFC, I got the Chiefs over the Chargers and the Patriots over the Texans. And then the NFC, I got the Saints over the Eagles and the Seahawks over the Rams.
0: And now for the AFC Championship game pick, I have the Patriots playing the Baltimore Ravens and the Patriots advancing to the Super Bowl. And for the and for the NFC, I have the Rams playing the Saints in the NFC title game and the Saints go on to the Super Bowl to take on the New England Patriots, which is Brady versus Breeze. And my champion for the Super Bowl, is the New England Patriots take bringing home a six Lombardi Trophy?
1: Oh yeah, no, nice. I'm hoping that happens. But uh, for me, I had the AFC Championship. I had the Chiefs over the Patriots, and then the NFC, I got the Saints over the Seahawks. And for my Super Bowl, I got the Saints beating the Chiefs.
0: And um, the champion you, you're predicting is the Saints. Oh uh, yeah. And for me, it's the Patriots over the Saints by a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping it can be the Patriots.
0: Yeah, and then now let's talk about our reactions to that head coaching firing and talk about which head coaching opening attracts us.
1: Okay, so for me, I didn't really think any of the firings were too, too surprising. I guess um the midseason one with the Packers, that was a little bit surprising just because Mike McCarthy's been there for so long. And then also with the – the Bengals just because it seemed like they were never going to fire Marvin Lewis. So just kind of like, when was that going to happen? And then that finally happened. But, um, the one that attracts me the most I would say is the Packers just because I think of all the teams that have had coaching openings. I think that the Packers are probably the best team. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming assuming like Rodgers is still there and that he's healthy. I think that there's a team that like could easily get right back into the playoff race. And I think that'd be nice. And then, um, I also think the Dolphins one actually isn't too bad of a head coaching opening. I mean, I think that the Patriots are obviously still going to be the best team in the AFC East. But I think the rest of that uh, division, yeah, division is kind of still like wide open and that like Miami is a nice place to be too. I think that like the Dolphins could like sneakily like, get like a good coach there.
0: Yeah. now let's predict the head coaching, oh, the, uh, the eight teams that will fill their head coaching needs. So I'll start in the AFC East. I have the Jets going with John D. Filippo, the Dolphins going with Mike Shula, and of uh, the Browns retaining Greg Williams and having him as the full-time head coach. And um, and for the Denver Broncos, I have Adam Gase going back to Denver as their head coach.
1: Okay, right, so for my AFC teams, I got. I got the Browns keeping Greg Williams. I picked the Jets signing Mike McCarthy. Uh, I got the Broncos signing Mike Munchak. Uh I got the Bengals uh, hanging on to Hugh Jackson. Uh, I got the – I
0: got the Bengals. I have – I forgot the Bengals. I think they're going to – I think they'll either hire Hugh Jackson or if Hugh Jackson doesn't go to the Vikings as their offensive coordinator, then that will belong to Bench Joseph. Oh No, yeah. um, so I do? forgot. The, I forgot about the Bengals, so I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no worries, all good.
1: Uh, what I oh yeah, and then the Dolphins. I have them going for Rex Ryan.
0: And on the NFC, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going with Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. Packers retain Joe Philbin, promote him to be their next head coach, and the Arizona Cardinals going with Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh I have the same for the Packers. I had them keeping Joe Philbin, but then for, the, for me for the Cardinals, I had them signing Adam Gase and then for the Bucks, I got them signing George Edwards.
0: And then um t- and then let's also talk about our prospects to watch in the upcoming college football games, which is the National Championship. I pick Alabama to beat Clemson.
1: Yeah, I'm the same here. I think Alabama's going to beat them too.
0: So, our final thoughts for our team. So, let's start with our final Dodger thought for me. I think if the Dodgers don't sign a free agent catcher, um, Kiba Ruiz is the starting catcher, But and, and the everyday players for the Dodgers so far to, are going to be Verdugo, Bellinger, Turner, Seager, Kike, Muncy, and, and the, catching, the starting catcher position is still unsolved for me, and uh, I'll name a starting catcher until – February and then in left field. Um, if I want to put Chris Taylor in there, then and Kike in there at the same time, then I have to. I'll put one of them in left field.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree with most of those actually. I think. Um, I think the only guarantee for the Dodgers for catch was, I think Barnes is. He'll either be starting or the backup on the open day roster, whichever way that goes. But um, yeah. And then I also think that no matter if the Dodgers sign Harper or if they. Do happen to go after A.J. Pollock. I think that Verdugo probably is. They're still going to try to fit him into the starting outfield somehow. Oh,
0: I, I I see that. And then for the Lakers, I think they just got to go out there, just beat the Knicks, and uh, not think about having Le- getting LeBron back. They got to win games without LeBron. They got to learn how to do that.
1: No, yeah, Absolutely. Like They don't want to fall out of the playoff race, too, because it's so hard to make up spots in that conference. But yeah, I don't think the Knicks should be too, too hard. and They'll be at home also, which I think will help give them an advantage too. But.
0: And it, I would agree with the Rams and uh, Patriots combined. I kind of think both of them should just use this time to rest up and get ready for whoever they play next weekend in the divisional round of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And I think uh, just like watch the games and see what the potential matchups could be. I'm not really – I think, like, no matter who they play, they'll overall be fine. But, yeah, I think, like, yeah, if they do the rest of the players, definitely.
0: And uh, we'll – since we're not going to record next Friday, since you'll be out of town, we'll record in a few weeks. And, uh, and we'll talk then.
1: Oh, yeah. Awesome. Sounds
0: good.